So this made me happy. Thank you. Yeah, I would just say, you know, that, that's such a great point, Daniel. And as I sort of alluded to earlier, you know, they're not operating from a position of strength, right? There's nothing weaker a military can do than to attack just civilians. And so, you know, the only um, encouragement I would say is, you know, you look at, you know, how ISIS switched from losing on the military battlefield to trying to attack Europe and look where they're at now, right? They're in shambles. Granted, they're in places around the world, but you know, we don't talk about them very much because they've been thoroughly defeated. So we can only hope uh, that's what comes next for Russia. But but great points, nonetheless. I just want to really quickly um, interject here. We have a huge announcement to make soon. And that's all I'm going to do. Big teaser. Love you all. Thank you, Liberal, for coming uh, to take over for me. John, CJ, all of y'all. Uh, Daniel, you, you sent me some great DMs, so thank you all. Uh, love you all. Good night. How soon? I'm about to go to sleep. Good night. Uh, it's it, it's soon. It's 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 really big and exciting. I'm almost jumping for joy. It is amazing, and you will all. It's going to be great. John, you could say it's uh, out of this world, right? Yeah, it's it's completely out of this world. But like minutes or hours, because I can stay up minutes, but not. Hey, can I add a comment uh, for CJ? Hey, CJ, when you're in the space, it's like Trent Alenko is in the space. You are uh, experienced, knowledgeable, gracious, humble. I love to hear your your um, oratory on, you know, your experiences and your perspectives on the war. So thank you, brother. Salute. No, thank you. And I appreciate you, you know, doing this shift. This is the, the, the toughest shift of the night. You know, it's before all our European friends come up to talk down on Germany and uh, talk about European politics. So we appreciate Liberal greatly. Thank you, sir. In that case, I believe Tim is up next. Tim, Mike is all yours. Hey, everybody. This is my first time uh, asking questions on this forum. It's been great to listen um, to everybody's perspective here. I'm out here in Los Angeles in uh, Southern California, so it's getting late for me too. But wanted to ask, um, you know, I see things like anti-ship missiles being used uh, against civilians. Um, I see, you know, I see what's going on in Dunbos. It's a slow, it's a slow grind. Something that you wouldn't expect from a superior force uh, against uh, Ukraine, as an example, uh, or what we thought was a superior force. I guess I should say in Russia. What is the political state like in Russia? What's the situation like for Putin with his own people, given the real defense that Ukraine's put up? And what's what's the messaging like to his people inside of the country? And and do they actually believe potentially the propaganda that they're hearing, or is there is there a um, you know kind of a substrate of uh, I don't know, disbelief uh, from the people. So I'm just kind of wondering what kind of situation Putin himself is in right now. I'll leave it there. Uh, Daniel, since you are in Romania and, you know, close geographic proximity, uh, let's have you go first and then CJ. Um, For my friend from Los Angeles, I have bad news for you. Putin is cherished. All the people is behind. They love all the terrorist attacks on civilians. They like when the Ukrainians die. And majority of people support Putin because they say, we don't feel the pain, we don't feel the sanctions. And the West is against us. 
we are the third Rome, we deserve this place on earth. Everybody must listen to us because we are the right one, the righteous one. Very, very millenaristic view, very similar with uh, cults of death. Thanks, Daniel. That's uh, pretty actually. And I'll just, uh, I'm about to head off here, uh, but I'll, I'll kind of give my two cents on the military angle because I think, you know, people people look at the casualty numbers on the Russian side, right? They see 35,000 KIA and, you know, that's reported by the Ukrainian government, but I think the U.S. intelligence sort of backs that up. And they see if there's 35,000 KIA, that, that means there's probably, you know, in total 100,000 casualties and that's killed plus wounded. So you think, you know, wow, you know, Russia entered the war with 200,000 and they've lost half the people. But it's a little bit more complicated than that and not in a good way. You know, they've been able, Russia's been able to put almost 400,000 people into this fight because they're sending people in. They're rotating people out. And the key difference between what Russia did in, you know, Afghanistan and they failed and Chechnya, which they, you know, failed at first and then won. They've gotten a lot better about this, specifically the use of not only conscripts, but by using sort of the poor, lower class, different minorities and things like that. Because in Afghanistan, you know, the casualties on the Russian side helped drive the political uh, solution to finally end the war because, you know, they were using these sort of Soviet class of the middle class from around the area of Moscow and St. Petersburg, you know, because due to loyalty issues, they didn't really trust other people necessarily to do it. But what Putin learned and has done, you know, frighteningly well is sending sort of these poor people that, that don't have as much political mobility, of course, into the fight to die. And so from my point of view, the military, at least from, you know, my little corner of all this, the way I see it is, you know, Russia's doing this in the long haul, right? You know, while the political situation isn't great, maybe, you know, across the board with all the sanctions on them and the international pressure, they've certainly set it up in a way to do this in perpetuity, or at least for a very long time, no matter how many casualties they take. Because as long as they can still field 200,000 people in Ukraine, they're still a very potent fighting force. So I would just be, uh, I would be a little bit cautious with, with all this kind of stuff, but really from the military point of view, Putin has done a much more effective job at managing the casualties in a way that means that this could go on for quite some time unless, you know, in, until Ukraine pushes them out of the country. About KIA, uh, in Buryat regional capital this evening, the wife of the soldiers demanded to know where their husbands are and a lot of them asked their husbands to come back because they have concussions, they are wounded, and they don't have food and water. So some dissent on uh, military side, it is. Thank you, Daniel. Um, one last question that I had was around the ruling class in Russian society. So you see, obviously, this strange relationship. I don't know if anybody else has seen Alexander Navalny's documentary, which is fantastic. Um, but I don't know um, if the ruling class, um, the oligarchs in particular, are against Putin at this point, because they've essentially, <laughs> Putin's essentially ruined their lifestyle in the West. Um, so, you know, you see people like Abramovich, who own Chelsea Football Club. You see you know, other oligarchs, um, you know, that kind of had this this gentleman's agreement or this this agreement with Putin to handle the politics and the military while they handled the assets of the former Soviet state. But I don't know 
if there's any risk to Putin himself, I, I, I had heard previously that there was an attempt on Putin uh, in March of this year. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't, I don't want to propagate conspiracy theories, but I've, I've heard that that's uh, potentially true. Um, I just didn't know if he was under threat himself uh, and if the ruling class was against him. Hey, Tim, I would just add that um, Navalny was okay with the annexation of Crimea because I was actually taking a shine to him, you know, anti-corruption, standing up to Putin. And then I realized that he supported the annexation of Crimea. That can be researched and looked up. If you disagree, I get it. No, certainly. I had no idea. So thanks for bringing that up. We'll take a look. Uh, okay. To, oh. to, I was going to say briefly to that point, and then Daniel, you can have you know, more than happy to give you the mic. Um, regarding Navalny, very briefly, you know, he's an imperialist and an ethno-nationalist. There's zero question about that. Um, you know, ask any Ukrainian what they think of Navalny, and they will not have kind words for him. Unfortunately, at the moment, there are essentially no opposition figures within Russia that are not, you know, imperialists or nationalists themselves. Um, So there was one guy, Boris Nimtsov, but he was assassinated in 2015. Um, So, yeah, unfortunately, there's really, um, there's opposition figures, but they don't like the Ukrainians either. So it's, 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 you know, there's no good alternative to Putin, unfortunately. It's, it's, it's a basket of, of all bad eggs for the most part. Daniel, Uh, please go ahead. Okay, about oligarchs. Um, the first year of oligarchs from the Boris Yeltsin era was implicated in political activities. The next wave, the Putin oligarchs, uh, they are not making politics and not from today or yesterday. Never, because is a big no-no. Uh, they are totally dependent on Putin, so they will not see any dissent there. Uh, second, was no attempt of murder of Putin, not even one. Not, that are uh, our hopes, but will not be realized. There is a, a opposition figure which was arrested yesterday. Uh, his name is Yeshin. Uh, he took 15 days of uh, arrest because he protested against the war from the beginning. He's a representative in uh, local authorities in Moscow. Uh, And about oligarchs, you must understand, they don't have any alternative. All will endorse Putin because they know they can do anything in the West. And they are not so impressive and their political role was never important. The Russian political elite, uh, most of them are Putin tools. Uh, most of them are even more paranoid and more imperialistic than uh, Putin and don't expect any good news from there. The opposition exists. They are not like Navalny. Navalny is the past and Navalny will not exit Siberia next 10 years. And these moderate people are very diverse from the socialists to fascists. And they oppose Putin from different points. Important to know is uh, NGOs in Russia are all uh, uh, labeled like uh, foreign assets, but are uh, for um, civilian organization like in Chelyabinsk, Novorossiysk, 
which protested a lot against Putin. And this next wave of unemployment will give them energy. Uh, and if the casualties from their region will mount, the unemployment will rise, the prices for food will rise, uh, and this will result in a lot of unrest, but also thievery and uh, rates and things like that. Uh, this will get uh, points of uh, civilian unrest in some regions of Russia, not in the European part, but mostly in Northern Caucasus and Central Asia. Tatarstan is a good point to focus. And uh, remember this city, Chelyabinsk. When you see people uh, again on the streets in Chelyabinsk, game is over. Yeah, this is the last thing I'll say, and I, I think it's quite interesting that you bring this up. I actually thought Putin was in a much weaker position, uh, but that explains my ignorance of the situation. Now I know why NATO is, is uh, I think it was just announced in Madrid, but taking a, a five to ten year kind of approach to counteracting Russian aggression in Europe. Um, they must think that this ideology that's driving this imperial uh, and expansionist thought is much deeper than just Putin himself in a weak position. So I learned something from uh, the commentary, but that's the last I'll say. I appreciate it. Is a pattern. Yeah, I wanted to ask uh, you a question. In 2013, in 2013, was a big, big demonstration in Moscow at minus 30 degrees Celsius. Seven, 70,000 people exit on the streets protesting against Putin. Next move of Putin, uh, annex Crimea. Uh, similar was uh, before 24th February. Uh, his polls was near 50%, which is very low for him. And after the attack, he grows to 80%, uh, because Russians love to be imperialists. Hey, Daniel, if I can ask you a question, um, I believe you're from Romania? Yes. Hey, brother. Great. Um, so what is the, the Romanian esprit de corps, like um, with respect to the war, like literally on their doorstep? And do they believe that the Ukrainians will win as far as you are in that space? I believe that the Ukrainians will win, but, you know, every region is different. I have good news and bad news. Uh, good news is uh, majority of people uh, are very, very staunch anti-Russians. And we are like this for centuries. Uh, on the other hand, uh, our political elite was never very friendly with Ukraine, sadly. Uh, and people, a lot of time, mislabeled Ukraine with Russia. Like, um, how I can say, uh, countries with legacy of Soviet Union, because Soviet Union was the big bad boy. So Ukrainians, a lot of time, until five, six years ago, was associated with uh, the past of Soviet Union. That was bad. The good thing is this, when this war started, not the authorities, but the people rushed to the border to help Ukrainians.
a lot of people, a lot, a lot. A lot of Ukrainians stay in Romanian homes. A lot of Ukrainians get education from the kindergarten to the university. Uh, we hire Ukrainians. Um, and let me tell you something like this. I am public clerk and I process tickets. And you have no idea how many Ukrainian names are on our passports. So, <laughs> and that is from the past. So there are quite a few Ukrainians from Odessa Oblast who have Romanian passport. And now the general perception is they hate a lot Russians, what they do in Ukraine. Uh, public uh, support for Ukrainians is big. I saw very touchy moments on the streets. Uh, Ukrainian women with their children, the men, are a lot of men, who, businessmen probably, with good cars who stay here because it's easy and they can uh, connect with their homes. Problem is the authorities uh, are very, very, very cautious. And I'm sad to say, in, in my city is no Ukrainian flag anywhere. But uh, this is from authorities. Also, they don't uh, oppose, they don't make any effort to stop the help. So the trucks come here, uh, border, then they help them because they need to help them because it's a European Union uh, directive and Romanians will comply because Romanians before listen Bruxelles, they listen Washington always, always is Washington first. So it's, it's a bit mixed because I am disappointed the authorities don't do much, much more. But the people, not most of them, the big majority support Ukrainians. And sometimes you, you cannot be like a Pole. Polish people are very close to Ukrainians. It's the language, it's the culture. We are not Slavs. We hardly understand Russian or Ukrainian, but we are human very human. We understand dictatorship, uh, autocratic regimes, the war. So our support is very humane. Is, the empathy is not from cultural uh, appropriation, sorry, wrong word, cultural ties. It's more like humane. It's more like uh, we understand them because we are poor. We are a poor country much poorer than Poland, for example. And probably Romanians discover how similar are Ukrainians with us. Their cuisine, their, uh, I don't know, their looks, their attitude uh, for life. Uh, I have a great example and I finished that. Uh, some lady from Odessa stayed in the city near my city, and uh, after two weeks, she gets uh, the pass to go to Austria and Vienna uh, with refugee status. After a week, she returned in Romania because uh, Romanian family was very kind and very understanding, and she doesn't feel 
so much close to Austrians because they are Germans. Germans are, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's it. Thank you. Thank you very much. I believe next up in the speaking order was Joseph, 88 keys, and then uh, Tim had his hand up. So uh, go to Tim after that. Oh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, Daniel had some great observations. This dovetails kind of nicely, which is, uh, you know, my, my Russian literature teacher was Romanian. And, uh, uh, you know, she kind of explained very clearly that, like, this isn't just about, you know, we read communist dissident literature, right? That was, like, the main stuff we read. But the, the, the problem was much deeper than communism. I think that's, like, an important thing that maybe Americans culturally just uh, aren't clear on is that, yeah, like, just to kind of reiterate, like, this is a much deeper cultural problem. And uh, I don't know. I don't know how it ends, but uh, it's uh, it goes far beyond Putin, I think. And uh, I don't know. Uh, we've we've uh, It's been explained pretty well in general. So I guess I'll, I'll leave it there. Thanks. Well, thank you, Joseph. Uh, 88 Keys, the floor is yours. Well, thank you. Um, I just want to bring up a little background. Um, I originally immigrated from Soviet... Um, I'm Jewish. Um, the origin is Moscow. Uh, my parents are, my dad grew up in Ukraine. My mom is in Russia, Jewish. Uh, what is happening is atrocious, horrible part of the history. Um, I just want to take a part on conversation about everybody thinks that if somehow by miracle people take out putin somehow it changes unfortunately the way i see it is historically and culturally including by the way navalny the problem is the way russia sees being separated from the west and i always been praying and hoping particularly when 1990s happened, that somehow, hopefully, that the new generations, I'm obviously older, uh, that they will see the West and they will see what the democracy looks like and what the possible future for the Russia might look like. And none of that happened. And that is my most horrible experience in my life. I'm actually kind of resigning to the doomsday that there is no future for the Russia. And what's happening with this attitude of Russia of trying to take Ukraine, part of it is cultural, part of it is economics because there is gas and all of other discoveries in Ukraine. I am proud of Ukrainians of fighting this thing, and I'm in the full support of that. I'm hopeful and praying that the West doesn't lose the concentration on it. There is that thing that, you know, as long as it goes on, they might kind of like, you know, go on to something else. I hope they fight for it. But Putin is just one little example of it. He's horrible. He's a dictator. He needs to go. But literally, I challenge anybody who is, and I listen to you guys, and you guys are super smart and super knowledgeable. But I'm searching for a solution 
to replacement and there isn't one anyway that's my little contribution to this conversation thank you very much for that um battle moose uh welcome uh this is something that you want to ask <laughs> <laughs> okay, we couldn't keep it any longer. I tried. Can you hear me? Copy that loud and clear. Loud. Okay, beautiful. Uh, we we tried to get Walter because this was his baby, and uh, we 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 reached out on a lark to some very big people with Ukrainian roots. Everybody out there, look in the nest. So that is that is that is correct. Uh, this Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we will have uh, Commander uh, Scott Kelly, uh, former retired astronaut, uh, with us, and he will be discussing his adventures in, with Roscosmos. And uh, he uh, his, his family is actually Ukrainian. So uh, he will be giving us his perspective. And just just so there, there's a bunch of other people that are coming up, uh, we can't talk about them yet. But uh, this, this weekend, uh, we finally confirmed that we're going to have a family uh, that escaped from uh, Kherson. And they'll be coming on uh, Sunday. Uh, Sunday morning, so that'll be Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening for the European crowd. Uh, we will have a promotion card out for that right away. But they'll be, they left Kherson uh, through Crimea, through Russia to Latvia. So they're going to tell us uh, basically how they did that and uh, give us a little hearts and minds uh, 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 speech on, uh, on what went down. And Walter's been knocking it out of the park with some of the other guests, and I, I can't say who they are, um, but they're they're big. I, Walter, I have to say, this is just absolutely spectacular. I mean, just personally speaking, as you know, a massive space nerd. Oh my God! Thank you so much, my friend. This is amazing. Well, Walter actually has family from out of town, uh, staying with him right now. So I don't know if that's why he does want to come up and speak. Uh, he, he's throwing a lot of hearts out there. So we, he, he's, you know, he, he's been, uh, doing the, the touristy thing in New York all day today. So, uh, he, I, he's, he's beat. Like he, he was, he was beat when I talked to him like this afternoon. I can't imagine things have improved, but we're just so giddy to be able to tell you this. By the way, Moose, if you can, um, uh, liberal dropped. I just got him back up to speaker. When you get the chance, you could bump him back up to co-host. That'd be appreciated. Yeah, I'll have to jump out of the Moose account and uh, and jump into the uh, the Walter account. There, I'll do I'll do that right away. Hey, Battle Moose, no worries. I can still assist from a speaker position, uh, artillery range, or HIMAR range, or that. So that being said, uh, before I hand it over to the uh, to the host. If you uh, if you know somebody that you think would be uh, uh, like a value asset, uh, value added asset to the space, or somebody that you think that would uh, be good to you know good to interview, uh, you know drop drop a line to uh, to myself or Walter or Axel, and uh, you know we'll 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 get them on here. Like uh, we're we're hitting everybody up. 
in, including some very, very big politicians. Copy that, brother. I just wanted to add that um, I sent Walter Leck a uh, DM on uh, Joseph Thomason and his, uh, you know, great contributions to the space. I, I told him that I thought he'd be a great host or co-host because we're all co-hosting. And um, he, he said, what's his handle? And I sent it. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Joseph, you know, doing a little co-hosting. He's uh, a, a very agile speaker. So I just wanted to offer that to the space. Yes, and uh, thank you, Liberal. Actually, I will get back to that because I was somewhat inundated. And, um, yes, we will have Scott Kelly for Friday. There will be another guest on Friday from Ukraine, um, from Strategic Communications Office and Pardon Stratcom Center. And um, Alex, who just joined us, our friend from Australia, um, he managed to lend us another excellent guest for tomorrow. Excel, uh, pardon, Alex, if you want to um, elaborate and tell us who that will be, please do. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, um, yeah. So um, tomorrow, um, I forget the exact time. That's why I was muted. I was just scrolling. But tomorrow, um, a gentleman by the name of um, Bryce will be joining us. He is an independent journalist from Australia who has been covering the um, Russia's invasion of Ukraine since basically the very beginning. Um, he's very passionate about Ukraine. He's um, he's um, done a lot of work around um, the humanitarian side of things. He also did an embed with um, the Azov Regiment when they were redeployed to the um, line of contact, the line of control in 2019, I believe. Um, and he's currently in the Donbass um, reporting directly from there. He's done a lot of um, work um, raising and pushing the issue in Australia while he was in Australia. And he's recently received continued reporting there. And um, yeah, he's um, a very passionate advocate. So it'll be great to um, not just speak to somebody that's on the ground at the moment, but also speak to somebody who um, right. yep. is a zealous advocate. Yep. Uh, so Bryce Wilson, I have just linked his profile and tweet to the nest and will prepare um, like a graphic very soon. Um, and he will join us tomorrow at um, 9 p.m. cave time, which is 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So 2 p.m. afternoon tomorrow, Eastern Standard Time, or 9 p.m. Cave Time. And I don't know what uh, Australian time is that, but right now he is in um, Lysychansk, near Severodonetsk, actually. So he will be reporting from, uh, reporting from Lysychansk, which is literally on the front line. Walter, I want to extend warm greeting. Thank you for the space. It's, uh, I'm just doing my part. The space wouldn't be what it is without all of you and uh, our co-hosts and everyone who contributes. So I'm just doing my uh, my part. Um, I, will, I was uh, going to ask... Sorry, John. Go no, please go ahead, Alex, please. I, I was just going to say, I'll, I'll get my slide table out and work out what time it is um, for Australia, um, Eastern, Eastern Standard Time. Don't, 
AEST, Australian Eastern Standard Time, for our um, Australian New Zealand listeners. And um, yeah, I'll I'll, um, I'll tweet that out when I retweet the, the graphic. Joseph, thank you for patiently waiting, brother. Um, do you have a comment or a question? Oh yeah, well, I mean, first off, uh, absolutely great news. Uh, it's always great. We've we've had so many great guests. Uh, it's like every single day, right? I mean, we had a general to uh, yesterday and and, and uh, today uh, a, a guy on the ground uh, in the form. Every day, it's uh, uh, really impressive uh, the quality of guests. Uh, and then I just I forgot to mention this. Uh, speaking of quality guests, uh, just we were talking about Russian culture earlier and kind of the problem inherent in Russian culture and its support for the state and colonialism. And uh, we had another guest, uh, Dr. Ian Garner. Uh, he's a good follow uh, in, on Twitter. And uh, if I'm, I'm pretty sure maybe this this was maybe my question. John, is that uh, interview available, like a recording of it on the YouTube uh, account or anything like that? Thanks. Uh, I'm afraid that's a Walter Bottomless question. I'm not overly plugged into the media team, unfortunately. Yeah, no worries. But anyway, um, I would just maybe direct people who are interested in that subject. Uh, you know, uh, uh, if we want to go to a different subject, that's fine. But I would just direct people who are interested in that subject to that uh, discussion we had with uh, Dr. Gardner. It was really good. Thanks, Dr. Uh, Ian. Yeah, Dr. Ian Gardner's uh, full interview is posted on the YouTube site. Yep, it's just um, type in Walter Report on YouTube, and it's in there. Uh, we were trying to upload our interviews, trying to catch up, actually, because there was a significant uh, backlog for all the interviews, unfortunately, but we were trying to catch up with the help of the people who are actually dedicating a lot of time and effort to do that. So, by the way, if someone wants to contribute to that effort, specifically um, by editing audio, and specifically by finding the interesting part or the interviews in the very large audio segments that we have recorded, uh, please do shoot us a message at Walter Report. Just DM us at Walter Report. And we are accepting volunteers and uh, trying to be gentle with you and not basically you know, throwing you into a fray, but there is work to be done. And if you're willing to contribute, you're more than basically welcome to contribute and to, to reach out to us. And uh, yeah, we need people who could help with uh, our media assets, with um, social media as well, and uh, audio, video editing. So please do reach out to us. Or if you have any other ideas, we are all ears because the project itself is based, uh, based on you, our listeners, and our contributors. So every bit of help is appreciated, and uh, we're more than glad to accept it. And the project wouldn't be what it is without your help. So again, if you have um, some time that you can contribute, um, and some skills, of course, um, please do reach out to us. Um, we are accepting volunteers. Thank you. Do you mind if I say something? Should. Why, 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 why wouldn't you? Go ahead. I'm listening to all of you guys. I am the only native Russian speaker. So why not ask me for to help you guys? Sure. Like, as I said, we're accepting all, uh, all uh, possible help. And uh, just DM us what your 
like what would you like to to contribute in what way and uh, we're more than glad to accept i appreciate that because i've been doing open resource research for a long time on russia i'm a native russian speaker and i speak english obviously so i, I would like to help thank you yeah we welcome you into space sir okay thank you this is the most horrible thing that i have ever experienced in my entire life so i want to help well if you have anything you want to share um we're here for it so please feel comfortable and welcome to contribute your perspective or your experiences to the space thank you i have a lot to say but that's probably you guys have your own conversation so i don't do not want to interfere 88 that's not true um if you have an experience or a perspective that you feel is relevant to the space we're welcome to hear it there are two sides to everything so we're not here to beat up on you because you speak russian or you know you're from russia like we welcome you here in the space you're safe to speak freely so um welcome well thank you um again i'm from russia i immigrated to united states in 77 so that's a long time ago it's soviet union um uh, my dad experience he is from ukraine uh he is from crimea uh their experience in the world war ii uh starting uh june 22nd when it broke out um my dad is by the way still alive he is 91 uh long island new york um, that's awesome that's awesome god bless him i i'm lucky uh the stories that he told are horrendously horrible but the way they did it is they made it their way towards moscow it's a long story i, I cannot reveal it on open air but they survived my mom was born and raised in moscow even though we're all jewish uh she is from belarus so it's all always i think that's a key to a lot of things is that it's always been a problem because it's always intermixed stalin if we're going to go back in the history made sure that he implanted russians in every part of the republics that russia whatever took over right so ukraine has an enclave of russia belarus russians georgia has russia wherever you look they implanted Russians. What Putin is doing, and he made it kind of clear about, I, I forget, let's say 15 years, he made it clear that the, mo the biggest disaster in his opinion was that the break of the Soviet Union and saving those Russians. And unfortunately, the West didn't realize that 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 is what he was after right uh please bear with us while we get all of the uh, technical difficulties uh resolved uh regularly uh, scheduled programming should hopefully resume shortly um this is unfortunately the uh, second crash of the day we uh 
we had the space running for about 12 hours earlier today then it went down and then this then it went down again just now so normally we're able to get about 24 hours out of the space between either a scheduled restart or a crash but we got two crashes in the day and about 12 hours each so it's a real record here we we ran the space pretty hard today though uh, we, we, we had some, some guest speakers on today that we were, uh, we were kind of pushing her to the limit. Uh, and here, uh, trying to bring you up, but it looks like you're having trouble connecting. Uh, I'm going to drop you back down. And, uh, if, if you request to speak again, we'll, we'll bring you back up there. You know, it's weird. I can't actually see John. Are you, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm co-host. Okay, I can see liberal co-hosting, but I can't see John. I, I we're already off to a fantastic start then. I'm going to jump in. This is Nick. I'm going to jump in and say that this is a great opportunity for those of us who really value the space to uh, retweet the fact that we are back up and running. And if you would like to extol the virtues of the space, it's a great opportunity to do it. I'm... I'm I've been getting a bit creative with it myself. And I don't know if it's working, but, you know, I try. So um, do that. And, of course, as always, do not forget to uh, uh, appreciate and support Maria Aid. And with that, I will uh, stop being a yakiter. Thanks. Much appreciated, Nick. Uh, a reminder to uh, contribute to... Maria Aid and the fantastic work they do supporting uh, the Ukrainian armed forces is it's it's always nice to have a reminder of that. Ben, please go ahead. Um, hello, everyone. Can you hear me? It's a new phone, so I, I clear to... okay, wonderful. Um, I was wondering if uh, since it was only us guys, we could speak about uh, man passion. Uh, did you see the new shirt worn by President Zelensky the other day? It was the traditional Vyshevanka, and uh, but it was khaki with a blue and yellow embroidery. I thought that was quite a nice touch. And um, what do you think? How would you wear it? No one? No takers? That's a cool endorsement. I, I thought Moose only wore. I thought Moose only wore buckskin anyway. I'll do it. I'll do it. Don't worry. Can you check your uh, DMs signal, Battlemus? Go forward, Battlemus. I'm just a bit uh, not in position right now, but Victor was our guest um, a couple of times, and we are glad to have him back. Uh, you know, we just request. Oh, we just lost him. We're, we're just playing musical chairs here right now. I, I, I bring up. My connection's great. What's hilarious is my connection is fine for anything else. It's not my connection. It's Twitter. I am back. I, I keep trying to bring... Oh, uh, we got Victor back. Yes. yes, good evening. Good evening. I'm here. Um, it was a technical difficulty. Um, so uh, I would like to tell you, um, it was an interesting information today from the Ukrainian sur um, security service they released, uh, as usually, they release a lot of uh, intercepts uh, about the Russian soldiers' phone calls and, uh, you know, those uh, dramatic uh, talks with their relatives in Russia, that they complain about everything. And today, uh, Security Service of Ukraine released very interesting, for me, 
um, information with screenshots from uh, Telegram. Uh, I don't know how they monitor this. Maybe they have an access from the company Telegram. But anyways, they uh, released it officially. And it's interesting because the soldier, Russian soldier in Kherson province complains to his Russian friend that they, there is nothing to eat and they eat dogs. And uh, he complains that today they ate a Yorkshire Terrier. So it's just, um, just an interesting information for me because you cannot uh, often uh, see this. Uh, and uh, this is interesting because, you know, in the eve of the planned Russian um, defense of the Kherson province, it shows that uh, morale of Russian troops there in Kherson is lowering so dramatically that it's, they don't have even nothing, they don't have even anything to eat. So this, 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 this. I think the uh, Ukraine uh, is preparing to 